Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. LR here. Benji's made it back to Belgium with the rat thing. I don't know if he takes that with him everywhere. Um, maybe not, but... We have the TT today, the all-important 31-kilometer pancake flash from Elche to Alicante. This is literally where every single cycling-related person goes in January. So the riders know it really, really <laughs> well. They all go down to Calpe, Alicante, Benidorm, Xavier. Uh, I think Ayuso's from Xavier, just north of here. Even I went there. This is where I broke my finger, north of here in the hills behind Xavier in a reserve. Um, if you remember, valiantly fighting off a, a wild dog. But anyway, yeah. big gaps expected. On the, it's, never, it's never fixed. Look at it. If you work on the YouTube, if you look at it, it's still kind of cooked. The autofocus is working. So are you going to say something about my finger, Benji, or did you want to talk about cycling? I'll talk about cycling. We're just having a little giggle at your uh, valiantly fighting off dogs in a story. Anyway, yeah, let's talk about the time trial. I'll throw it back to you. 31 Ks, as I said, uh, before the stage started, unfortunately, it seems like when COVID was almost more on everybody's mind in 2020 and 2021, there was less COVID positives. I feel like in this Vuelta, Benji, every day there's two or three guys going out, some with a fever yeah. or whatever. But who was it today? Uh, Athene and another guy who was decent. Into- Hater, two of those guys for the top five. Exactly. A lot of riders, and those are not even the only ones. Yeah, obviously, a hater is pretty important for today. I would have put him on a top three candidate for this time trial, arguably. But he wasn't the only one. Sam Bennett out of the race as well. Bora has confirmed that it is COVID-related. I think Ryan Mullen also confirmed it afterwards. But yeah, that's a rider for the green jersey gone. Ryan Mullen then said that he was sure that Bennett would have won green if he didn't have COVID. But that's a risky a risky thing to say. Peterson is now in green as a consequence, you'll, though he already had it, so that's a lie. Matthias Norsgaard, also out for Movistar. Jared Drizens for Lotto. We have Herrada, not the good one. As in, he's probably pretty decent too, but not Hayes for one stage. <laughs> yeah, and Harry Sweendog from uh, Lotto Sudal also out together with Flores de Tier. So lots of riders not starting today. And uh, that's a bummer because at this rate, we might have like 10 riders left in the end. Let's hope we don't have important GC riders out. That's the only thing I'm praying for. I don't want the Mas, Remco, Roglic, anyone like that out of their race, and especially not Rodriguez. Please don't hurt Rodriguez. He's a god. He's, an, he's immune from human diseases of the human kind, so <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that for him. But yeah, uh, Hater, I think I really wanted to see what he could do uh, with the Ineos setup on this sort of TT, that's a real shame, and this would have been a big target for him. But before we get into the results, you know how we do it here. A word on our show partner, Zwift. We've mentioned Jay Vine. I did wonder whether he'd go and try in this time trial, even though his setup means can't be competitive to top GC guys. 
But every year there are only two Zwift Academy winners, but there's thousands of participants. You've even seen Neve Bradbury. She's done very, very well. This year she's coming into her own. Zwift Academy helps you find your strength and go further, whether you're aiming for a pro contract like them or just trying to get a bit fitter on the bike. Orientation rides are live now, and we'll talk you through the basics of Zwift Academy on a short, mellow spin with a couple of intervals alongside other Zwifters. Once Zwift Academy kicks off, the workouts will be available on demand and as group workouts, and all workouts are available in English, German, Spanish, French, and Japanese. To find out more or to start your seven-day free trial, head to Zwift.com. Sorry, Benji, no Flemish. Should we should should we be the judges of Swift Academy? Like, <laughs> how would I pick? Because they're all Australian, so like that's usually how I pick people. But if they're all if all the people are Australian or half of them, how do I how do I pick? Well, you would probably cut them down to just Australians, and I'd be the deciding <laughs> tiebreaker based on that. And <laughs> I think when it comes to deciding between Australians, I do trust you to be unbiased towards that. So True. I've got the confidence there. But <laughs> when it comes to the uh, performances, not on Zwift Academy, but in real life, we had today's time trial. And uh, it went kind of w- the way we all expected it to go, right? Because uh, the winner is yeah. the favorite of the stage, Remco Evenepoel. He ends up doing a very fast time trial. I think 55.6 kilometers an hour on a parkour that is 30 kilometers long. That's pretty fast. And I think the wind helped him a bit, but also his uh, majestic TT legs today. He did that ahead of uh, a rider from which we did not know how good he was going to be in this time trial, as his form has been inconsistent because of the crash in the Tour de France, the Bay of Hell of Bay, Hay of Bell. <laughs> what is that word? Hay Bale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just completely died on that word. <laughs> 48 seconds down Roglic. Did you expect Roglic to come this close to Evenepoel on this time trial? Uh, I thought he, I thought he'd be hoping for best case like twenty seconds back. Um, I thought he might get a little bit closer. Forty-eight is a lot of time, but he is competing against the Scud missile, the Shinkansen, Evenepoel. I mean, fifty-five point six seven k an hour average over one kilometer an hour faster than his nearest competitor. His teammate Cavani was in the hot seat for a long time until those two top GC guys finished late. Obviously, he set a time one minute after Avonapol. Rod, this is the big shock. Sorry, we're doing a slow run through the top 10. Fourth, Rodriguez on 1.22. Unbelievable time. Sivakov, maybe his best TT ever, on 127, Craddock on 137. Yates, 142. Gegenhardt, 146. Uh, Lopez, 147, <laughs> and Enric Mas, 151. So th- the reason why I'm shocked by those two Ineos TTs, uh, for two re- well, for th- the reason is they're, in, they're not a great height. You know about the extensions rule, um, how it's better, if, it's better if you're 190 or 175. To be 183 to 186, it's a bit less helpful. To be slender like Rodriguez, it's that rule doesn't really help you too much at all. So for those two guys to be pulling out uh, fourth and fifth, the best of the GC guys apart from Mavenpol and Roglic is really, really good. And we're not talking small time he- here either. They beat Rodriguez beat Giro d'Italia TT stage winner. Simon Yates by 20 seconds. They destroyed Ayuso. So revised GC 
are huge gaps. Avonapol 241 ahead of Roglic, 303 ahead of Mars, who moves into third, but still 20 seconds behind Roglic. Good for Mars. Rodriguez stays in fourth. Uh, Yates moves into fifth. Ayuso drops down into sixth on 453. Almeida sits 645. Lopez 650. They don't change. Sivakov moves up to 706. Gagenhart to 737. Uh, Henley drops four spots. Uh, he, Bora Hans, grows leader, lost 348. Oh. So all the Bora guys, Benji, 346, 348, 351. Keldman, Henley, Igita. So they, they didn't have a good TT. But yeah, any... And anything stand out from you initially? Rodriguez, the podium battle has begun. He's coming closer to Enric Mas. He started the resurgence, even though he was already pretty good on Los, Les Prades. Now, I do want to say, like, between us, when it comes to me supporting Rodriguez and you, Ayuso, in this 1v1, it, it feels a bit bad for me, you know, because, yeah, I'm supporting Rodriguez. I'm I'm hyping up Rodriguez on Twitter and so forth and on this podcast and everywhere I go in the supermarket, I'm shouting Rodriguez to the cashier and they're like, who's Rodriguez? And like, I'm basically against a child. Ayuso's <laughs> 19. I'm beating up a child. That's not okay. So <laughs> I feel bad man. about... I feel bad <laughs> he's about... He's a damn man. <laughs> I feel I'm... I feel bad about supporting against the Yuzo because he's like, he's 19, okay? In four years, he's going to be better than Rodriguez is showing right now if his progress is looking like it is at the moment. Different so, strengths and weaknesses, I think. Yeah. I do think Rodriguez is from the South. I'm not sure. Is he from Is he from Andalusia, I think? So he should be like Luis Leon and Bala, good in the hot conditions. Um he he seems unfazed by the hot conditions. It was much hotter today. And in a TT, you can manage it well, although I will say Remco looked pretty flush at the finish. But Aronsman, for example, I don't know if he's unwell or or what happened. But Aronsman yeah. in this stage finished in 32nd on three minutes. That's not right. There's, there's just no way he's finishing on three minutes, uh, nearly a minute behind Jan Poulance. No offense to Jan Poulance. Like Aronsman came second to Hater or, or been a beat Hater in the Tour de Polonia TT. Like he's not, yeah. and then he collapsed at the finish. So something's not right there or he got heat stroke. Um, so I would say Rodriguez going forward, given that we now continue in the South, uh, has advantage over Ayuso, who still, I think for a 19 year old, did a decent TT. It could yeah. have been worse uh, on 217. Almeida took a wrong turn. That cost him... He would have probably been around O'Connor's time, uh, around twelfth. O'Connor not a not a actually quite a good TT. O'Connor and Mass. Um, About Almeida. Oh yeah. He goes the wrong way in the final kilometer. How does that happen? Like when you're UAE, you on paper have a recon with that rider. I think the rider already recons it the morning of. Is yeah. it because they're at such a high heart rate after such a time yeah. trial? And next to that, in addition to that, they've probably got people shouting in their ears, vamos, and that's, is that Portuguese as well? I don't know if it is. <laughs> yes. If not, I'm sorry, Portuguese people, for just putting a Spanish word in your language. Botalume. <laughs> I don't Botalume. think Matt is shouting Botalume in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. But, like, there has to be something where his his focus was so hard on the time trial that he goes the wrong way because he, he he going the wrong way in the final stretch is not easy because usually there's like boards at the side but there's this one section where the cars need to get off the road which is the deviation 
and he straight up goes into that deviation together with the motorbike and the cars and so forth. So yeah, that's a bummer on Almeida's part. And it's a, a costly 22nd. Imagine if that happens to like someone who's about to win the stage and loses the stage because of it. <laughs> would be I mean, pretty silly, wouldn't it? These things happen. Roglic nearly did the same last year in the Spanish final, Volta final TT. He nearly went onto a highway, like a, I think one of the big toll roads in the TT, if you remember. He still won it, beat Mass. But I think they get into the mode. That was here, Almeida's in mode follow motorbike, just the motorbike's directing him. And he just followed the motorbike and then turned around. So it's a bit of a shame for him. He doesn't lose any GC positions because of it. He was already, he's already on nearly a two-minute gap to IU, so uh, in six. So, yeah, tough for him. Otherwise, Avenapol, a 2.41 gap on Roglic and 3.03 on Mass. I think that's important firstly because the third week is soft in this Vuelta and also, like, Benji, if you're Mass, surely your first goal. Like, if you're Movistar and Mass, being realistic, if I was Mass, I would be focusing on how to beat Primoz Roglic for second right now. Um, exactly. Like, and that, that benefits Avenipol. Very much. And I think it's also not necessarily solely beating Roglic, but just securing that podium as well to get, a, to get in front of a, a Rodriguez that's upcoming and so forth. Stuff like that to make sure Simon Yates doesn't come closer. Securing the podium for UCI points. I think Moz even mentioned UCI points himself in the last few days. So... He's thinking about this. The team is thinking about this. They're not just thinking, how can we find a way to beat the Emco Avenipool with an all or nothing attack? No, because they need to secure those points. I think you spoke about that on the podcast as well on the rest day. So don't have to mention too much about Movistar and that aspect in this one. But I think it's securing third or second, what is the closest as possible. And if an opportunity arises, if an Emco bottles something and loses seven minutes somewhere, then yeah, Mas can talk about winning this uh, race, but for now I don't see that thing happening. I think it's the same with pretty much Roglic at the moment, although there's a difference there, you know? They don't need to UCI points, he's won three Vueltas. Is he the kind of person that, if he's second on the last few mountain stages, will think, do I even care about getting second? How about I just go YOLO on these last few stages and try and win this Vuelta? I would love to see it, but there's always this thing where teams might rather secure the second spot then go all out to uh, actually win by the end. But we never know. We never know. So I think it's more likely that Roglic will try and do something crazy to try and beat Evenepoel, but does he even have the team for it now? Guz out, Afini out. Afini was likely not going to do much on the mountain And stage, Dennis so. isn't climbing that well compared to maybe like Giro 2020. Exactly. So that's the feeling I've got in that regard. Heart when it comes good. to Ineos... Try to podium, eh? Is the goal, I think. I disagree. I'll get to that in a second. I disagree. I just <laughs> want to do the TT time splits just to point out. So, even a poll was 1 1 1 1. No surprise there. At T1, he was uh, 21 on Roglic and Cavagna, and then just sort of kept that. Uh, I want to pick out some interesting ones. Roglic was consistent, Cavagna was consistent, uh, Sivakov. It's interesting. I always like seeing the Ineos guys. They maybe it's luck, maybe it's coincidence when they seem to have different pacing strategies. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, everything in the Ineos TT, we just credit to Dan Bigham, even though like we don't know how much. I, we, <laughs> everything I'm just like Bigham did it. Um, but we'll <laughs> we'll just run with that. Uh, Gagenhart twenty first at T one. 
15th at T2 and is T1 to T2 11th and is T1 to finish 6th and T2 to finish 5th and then he finished 8th. So he finished strong. Sivakov was the opposite. He was 3rd and then 4th at T2 and he not faded but wasn't so much of a negative power split like a Gagan Hart. Rodriguez 12th at T1 and then his T1 and T2 to the finish was fourth, so he was similar to Gagan Hart. Hepburn, uh, I would say the two, three teams right now who have well above average TT setups, TT coaching and planning, it's Bike Exchange. The giant bikes are clearly fucking fast. I don't want to be disrespectful to the Kern Farmer guys, but the Kern Farmer guys are also, for their level, flying on their setups, and they're on giant too. They have the... Spanish TT champ, um, Garcia, I think his name is, and the TTT, they were quite good. The second is Ineos, obviously very good, and they're getting guys who on other teams would not be doing this in a TT, and then Ineos as well. Oh, sorry, and Ineos as well, and Quickstep. But I must say, comparing the, like, Ineos, UA, Yumbo, they're sort of, they have the guys under a canopy. Remco looked like a guy at a national championships um warming himself up but yeah what did, what did you make of those splits benji or the uh pre pre tt setups i think when it comes to the uh splits one thing i noticed is that the tempo that was done by every single rider in the last from the t2 to finish line is significantly lower than for example t1 or t1 to t2 so First of all, there is a change in direction when it comes to the riders in Alicante, where in the last portion they just turn back, and perhaps the wind is in a less ideal position. There's also a small hill in the last section. If we, well, as a West Flemish person, that is a hill. A bridge is a hill right here. So I consider that a very significant mountain compared to what I have around here. But I think that matters as well. And can that play a role in terms of physiologically, to the physiology of the riders itself? So... Let's say, for example, we see a rider like Mus who does bad in that final stretch and is 22nd between T2 and finish, for example. But in the first stretch, he's like sixth. Is that because he blew up or is that because the parkour doesn't suit him? Pace, I'd love to know pacing. these details. Okay. Has to be pacing. Because, like, okay, let's say Roglic, right? Much punchier than Mas, but Mas's punch has been good. That's only going to take, that's only on a small hill like that for these guys, their speeds. Okay, we're talking a second, but he's gone 22nd on that T2 to the finish. So that must be a pacing issue um, for him. Whereas, like, a curious one, but yeah, Mas tried his best. Like, he was sixth at T1. So that suggests to me maybe he went out a little bit too hard as well. Hepburn was 25th at T1. His T1 to T2, he was 4th. And then his T2 to the finish, he was 12th. So he went meh, smashed it, and then okay, and then ended up, uh, did a really good TT. So that was curious. Um, And Simon Yates, Benji, is kind of similar to Mas. He was 5th at T1, and then he was 10th T2 to the finish, 10th T1 to the finish. So he faded uh, a little bit as well. But Louis Mankies actually did because <laughs> Louis Mankies lost seventh or something or sixth in the tour. He did a better TT than Hindley, I think. But anyway, any last thoughts on the TT Benji or the pacing or, or who didn't do as well as expected? When it comes to Jay Vine, I think we are, uh, I think you spoke earlier about it, whether you were curious about 
what he was going to do on this time trial. He ended up getting 23rd in this time trial, and the last portion was his best part. Do you think that's a time trial where he went all out or not? Because I swear on Twitter he said beforehand that he would not go all out on this time trial, but we've seen people say stuff before races that they didn't end up doing. What's your feeling about it? Do you think he can do better? What is your... Because like a lot of people are asking, he won two mountain stages here. Does he have the TT strength on potentially future good equipment to become a GC rider in the future? Yeah, Vine can be as good as Froome in the TT. Um, well, Froome 2022 pretty... are. <laughs> nah, peak Froome. He can be as good as peak Froome in the TT. He's quite tall. Uh, I think Roglic and Remco under the current rules... Uh, it's going to be hard to get to you know, you know a Roglic level, but from sort of how he was, well, I think Vine can do that. Um, equipment in the TT matters a lot. Setup matters a lot. So he did like his setup cost him. He would have maybe been level with Ganner near twelve Bessage TT back in February. If you actually look at the watts, the more concerning thing is can a guy produce watts for an extended period on the TT bike? Some guys never can. Like some guys, even on Ineos, even on Yumbo, you can put him in the right setup in the lab. It looks all good. Math checks out, but they just like can't hold the position for over 10 minutes or put out any good power in that position. So I, I don't think he has that problem, but we'll see. I think there's something to work on there. I'm not sure. Like we look at Alberson Benji with MVDP, like MVDP should have won that Giro TT. Like he should yep. be winning that TT, the parkour against the Simon Yates and on Beck Bike Exchange, he does win, uh, win that TT. But anyway, Remco gets his big stage win. I'm not sure. I think he wants to win a road stage. I think he expected to win this one. Um, but the reason I said I'd come back to it, Benji spoke about podium for Rodriguez. I want to pick out a result from last year, Tour de l'Avenir. It's a baby race, under-23 race, Rodriguez, long solo. They did – I mean, Lavinia has harder stages than the Tour de France. So then there's Vuelta. Col de Zerat, up to 27 and 50 metres where Bernal attacked. Descent and then Col du Petit Saint-Bernard. Uh, Rodriguez smashed everybody. 150, I don't know, it's under-23s, but I think there's something there, Benji, for Sierra Nevada. If you're any odds, that result's got to give you some confidence that Ooh. this guy's not going to completely melt at high altitude, right? Thank you for the extra confidence in the Rodriguez unofficial fan clip right here. I uh, I wasn't aware that it was such a crazy stage. I knew he he ended up getting very close to Johansson in GC that day on seven seconds by that major attack on the Isenon, but I, I didn't realize it was solo. the actual Isenon. What, sorry? 70 kilometer solo crazy crazy day <laughs> lovely rewatch as well i think for a lot of people if they can find it because watching or rewatching avenir is not the easiest thing out there but you're right there's something there and that's interesting for a lot of riders because we can look at him against other riders that were there in that specific race the issue is that a lot of the riders that are in the vuelta here were not in avenir last year so we don't know how that would stack up against a vuelta field and that's the issue with that result for me is that i agree it might be a great result but i don't know how to compare that and i think we need actual numbers from that day which i don't have by hand to say okay this man can do that on sierra nevada I do know that he put a picture up on Sierra Nevada that he did recons there, so I've got complete confidence in my boy to obliterate Mars that day. Ah, uh, 
the numbers aren't they're okay then like but he's a different rider to a year ago so like i think you just have to be confident that he got a good result at high altitude up a big climb um and let's you know if, if there's anywhere you're going to try you have to try there to have a knockout because Enric Mass as well Benji you also got to play in if it's really hot even a pole that's going to be even a pole's biggest challenge is the heat i think yeah. Enric Mass has struggled to high altitude they're two guys ahead of you on GC that's why i think Sivakov and Gagan Hart need to pace uh Sierra Nevada for Rodriguez ooh I'm liking that. I uh, I agree. I fully agree. And that's coming from a very biased place on my end as a Rodriguez uh, fanboy this Velta. But I also see the, the truth in that. I think they should try and kind of do what they did in the Tour de France for Thomas, try and secure that podium. And if they can get even higher by beating a Maas and so forth, then they're still having to beat Roglic and Evenepoel. So it won't be easy to do that. But I think with the gaps that Rodriguez now has on and GC towards uh, a Sivakov and a Gegenhardt. Although they both rode a good time trial today, I kind of feel like it's too bad. I just feel like they it's might not bad. risk it. I feel like they might not risk it. They'll be like, "What if Rodriguez has a bad day in week three? So we need to keep two people up there. You can at They're least use one there. of the two. But who are you gonna tell that? Are you gonna say to Gegenhardt, mate? Sorry." We're going to count on Sivakov to be our second guy today, and you have yes. to ride for Rodriguez. Well, yeah. Gagan Hart can set a good pace to altitude. Um, he's but, able to follow Dennis. Yes, that's true, but he's also proven more on altitude than Sivakov. I don't know. I think Spanish Girada, 20-whatever-age Rodriguez is, he's looked as good as them, if not better, on a lot of the climbs. Beat them in the TT. I'm all for two leader strategies, but that's when you're really, really close on GC. And I think, I think one of them has to. I think they both have to go in for Rodriguez, unless they can, because unless they can also get close themselves, and that might help on stage twenty. I don't know. I think that the one thing I want to add is, I feel like Rodriguez rides clever. I feel like on the mountain stage we've seen him ride. He's one of those riders that doesn't Prayer necessarily respond to a crazy attack. And writes his own tempo to follow that move and then crawls back. And then I feel like he, he climbs cleverly. That's something I, I noted when watching. But are we talking a lot about Spanish riders and about Ineos and about all these teams? And very limited about the rider that is still currently in second after this time trial? Ro- Roglic. Like, he's still second. He's on 241. He's the most proven GC rider on this list is the reason that we don't talk about him because we need confirmation on Sierra Nevada first before we can say that he can actually still do something for the overall in this Grand Tour? Or do you think 241 is too significant that Evenepoel will will basically secure it like this? Roglic can easily win this Vuelta. Um, pretty clear path to victory, which is like, if we just repeated week one, then and Avonapol lost three percent of his level on week one. Then no, he can't win. He even if he takes twenty seconds here on the mountain top finish, thirty seconds, it's two forty one. It's a huge gap. So the way he wins is Avonapol capitulates in the heat on one of uh, on stage fourteen, maybe, maybe not, or he capitulates on Sierra Nevada, which also could be hot. Like so, if I'm Yumbo Visma, I'm getting Harper to pace. 
uh, Perch, full gas, the nine kilometer, seven percent climb if it's hot on Sierra Nevada stage. And listen, like you could end up hurting Roglic and he'll lose more time. But what is, say, say you're wrong or say it doesn't work and Avonapol increases his lead from 241 to 441. Well, so what? Like yeah. he's still, you're still in a shot for the podium, but you have to try on terrain where Avonapol's unproven in weather where he's not looked as superior. His best performance was in the cool conditions in Pico Jano. And so, yeah, I think it's not over yet, but Avonapol's looking good. Um, and the Quickstep overall team has not performed well when it was hot in in week one. So the heat, I think the weather will make a big, big difference. Like they did a huge transfer yesterday and the the, temp- the weather is completely different from the Basque country in Asturias down here in Alicante and Andalusia. It's scorching hot down there. So I don't think it's over yet. Like, like if it was 241 or 441, I just think Avonapol either survives in the heat on the high altitude yeah. and then he wins. And if he doesn't, then he could fall out of top 10 on GC. I don't really see a middle ground. Agreed. I think that's indeed the case. But hey, that's something that we likely won't see on tomorrow's stage, is my guess. El Pozzo Alimentación to Cabo de Gata, 191 kilometers. I don't know what you uh, classify the stage as. Did we classify this as a sprint stage or as a breakaway stage? But Because like, it kind of feels like it could be both. And it's out. Bike Exchange got to pace this. Um, same with Alperson. Bike Exchange and Alperson have to pace for Merlier and Gro- Groves are still here, right? And Merlier is still here? Uh, I think Merlier is still here. <laughs> okay, let's just go. <laughs> let's just go with that. I mean, Merlier is trying to prove us wrong that he's. I, I need to check the results. I, I, I want to see in like proof that Merlier's made it through a first rate. Merlier's here. Merlier's this here. Is, okay. Oh. This is the furthest Merlier has ever gotten at a Grand Tour. Yeah, that's tour, why so. I had to check the results. <laughs> I was like, mm. um, okay, he's here. So Alperson, he's not here for no reason. Um, it's got some uncategorized climbs. There's a bonus gate and a sprint point uh, 11 or 10 and a half kilometers from the finish. It is flat in the last 10 kilometers uh, nearish to the coast, but not smack bang on the coast. I would say there is... Uh, a long period of exposed riding right on the coastline in the from the middle of this stage to about 80% the way through. And if that has some favorable wind, there is crosswinds that do exist in the Vuelta, unlike the Giro. Remember Quickstep in that fastest stage, uh, the fastest stage over 200 kilometers. I was that one by Gilbert or Trenton, I can't remember. Like Quickstep have tried in crosswinds in Spain before. Um, is what I'm saying. So just maybe we'll need to check the weather forecast too. But I think, yeah, I think Bike Exchange got to go for a sprint. Like they have to, otherwise, like for Groves. Possibly. It's a, it's certainly an option for the victory. With Van Poppel not launching Bennett, do you think that a Van Poppel who is still here? Because I don't think he's like linked together with Sam Bennett. They're not like a, a twin where if one dies out of the race that the other also leaves the race so Van Poppel is still in this race I I would love to see him try and go for himself I don't know he doesn't have Van Poppel to lead him out so might not be so easy but I'd love to save Van Poppel for the stage even though on paper Peterson got second twice on sprint stage so on paper I'd say Peterson is one of the favorites even though he doesn't have that acceleration as a sprinter which I always it's it's weird to have that feeling when it comes to Melir 
if he's in good form. He's the strongest on paper at this uh at this stage, but I don't know. I want to go for Von Poppel because I want to go mad for some reason. I'm going with Mads Pedersen to win this sprint. Uh, I think Trek, that's another name. So that's three teams that should try for a sprint. Um, so really there should be a sprint. And there's probably another another team with a, a lesser sprint that will try as well. So I'm going with Pedersen. You're going with Merlier Benji. If he drops his chain again, I reckon Lefebvre is going to rip his contract up. <laughs> like that guy drops chains like nobody's business in sprints. It's crazy. Maybe he needs to, I don't know, maybe it's the, the bike, whatever. But yeah, sprint stage tomorrow. Um Will people jump out for the bonus gates? I'm not sure. From the breakaway, Thomas de Gent, uh, I would have said Sweeney, but he, he's out with COVID. So hope maybe a pretty sleepy, sta- sleepy stage in the Vuelta after the, uh, the big TT today. Other news today, though, was the announcement, which is like, unlike a lot of the other teams, it's done by press conference, uh, the announcement of the Belgian uh, team for the World Championships. You'll remember last year at the World Championships, the home World Champs in Leuven, uh, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of sort of debate afterwards because of the tactics. How did Van Aert and Avonapol and Sturven work together? The coach Sven van Torenhout, um, you know, was liking tweets which weren't very complimentary about Avonapol after the race, <laughs> back and forth. Apparently, that was all quashed, and the team's been announced. Now, remember, the course is 20, uh, 250, 60 kilometers. 12 repeats of a 1-kilometer, 9% climb. It is a puncher's course, like Imola in the World Championships. And the team is, no surprises, Wout van Aert, Avonapol, they're the first two, no surprises, Sturven, Seri, who just abandoned the Vuelta with COVID, uh, Quinton Hermans, who came second in Liège, Yves Lampart, Nathan van Hooydonk, who we've seen him launching people on one kilometer, six, seven percent climbs all year, and Stan de Wolf. So notable admissions, Vavarka, uh, Dylan Turns, winner of flesh and strongest puncher in Liège. They just didn't catch Avonapol. Um, they're the big two omissions, I think, Benji, particularly Dylan Turns. What do you make of the team? What do I make of this Belgian team? Ah, it's difficult, eh? Because Wout van Aert and Remco Evenepoel, those are the leaders that should both be leader at this race, and they are on the list, so that's at least a very good part about it. Jasper Stuyven, I'm not surprised that he's in the team. I think that he got a bit too... Well, he ended up being the best one last year on the Flanders Park or in Leuven, but I hope he doesn't have too much freedom either. I feel like with two leaders, that's enough. Peter Seri. It's difficult, you know, because he was looking good as a earlier domestique, not necessarily the domestique in the last stretch of the race, but like a middle race domestique, even an earlier race if necessary if shit goes hitting the fan. That is understandable. Him falling out of the Vuelta with COVID, I think that's not an issue because you've got your reserves list for these selections. I uh, will have to check in a second what is actually on the reserve list when it comes to the Belgian team. But it's not a crazy thing to still select him with COVID in mind. Just in case he doesn't get in form, you can still select a rider from the reserves list. That's what they are for. So I see no big issue there yet. Quinton Hermann's understandable. Top three at, I think, Bamercy Classics. Was that the one that Wout van Aert flopped in the sprint? Yeah, yes, it was. was good. And uh, yeah, he rode strong there. He's pretty good on the hills. We've seen that in LBL. And 
completely understandable that he's in the team. And even if Wout van Aert and Evenepoel both crash out of this race, Hermans could still top 10 this race, in my personal opinion. It's the kind of rider that could end up doing that. I don't know when it comes... Oh, actually, I was going to say I don't know when it comes to the, diff the distance of this race, but LBL's pretty long, so looks like he can handle it. Eve Lampard... I think it's understandable that he's in there. Do you think that's connected to, like, the time trial as well? We know that Evenepoel and Lampard will do the time trial for Belgium. Not Wout van Aert. We'll talk about that in a bit. But Lampard being selected for the time trial, do you need to ride the road race to do the time trial? Is that the reason why Lampard is also in the national team there? Or do you think that he deserves to be there nonetheless? Uh, I don't know the Belgian rules. I know the British team, I think, does have that rule. Um, I think also there's like there's got to be some quick step buddies for, for Remco, particularly after last year. Last year, the strategy was designed around Van Aert. Um, I would say Van Aert and Avonapol's skills are very, very complementary to each other in a one-day race, which is very simple, is that you send Avonapol up the road, you force the other team's leaders like Philippe and Mathieu van der Poel to chase early, burn all their energy, Van Aert sits in a seat, either they can't bring back Avonapol like in Liège and he wins, or the others bring Van Aert to a sprint fresher and he's able to win a sprint or yeah. attack them on the last uh, punchy climb. So that all makes sense. What doesn't make sense to me is Dylan Turns thought he was selected. As I said, winner of flesh. Like, this team looks to me like the team you'd pick for Leuven's parkour last year. Like, Stan, how is Stan the Wolf better for this course than Dylan Turns? And Dylan Turns apparently, I think, has had no delusions about who was going to be the leader in the race. So if he was happy to be a domestique, why is Stan the Wolf in the team? Philip Gilbert, he might have been overpaid at Lotto. That doesn't mean he's not a valuable rider. At Britannia Classic, he was in solid groups last week. He's experienced. He's happy to ride, I think, for you know Van Aert and Avonapol on this punchy sort of course. I'm quite surprised. There's a lot of rulers. And when I look at what the French team will probably be, Madouas, Laporte, Cosnefroy, Alaphilippe, Guillaume Martin, it's a lot punchier um for for that team and i don't know because who do you think two climbs left benji who's going to be left with van art navenapol will sturvin still be there can he like if can he chase anyone back it looks like hermans will be the only one left i think so as well Stuyven as well is a candidate to be there although it's difficult to say whether city has a really good day and is completely over covid you never know but it's unlikely that he's going to be in that in that final stretch. And obviously the tempo in the race matters as well. If an Evenepoel goes much earlier than the second last hill, then the race will be completely different. Then you only need a domestique for Van Aert in that peloton. But there's also some aspects to the DeWolf story and the Dylan Turn story. I think, first of all, that you mentioned Gilbert. I'm not sure I agree that Gilbert like, is a candidate for the Worlds in the sense, yes, on paper, the rider is strong enough to be considered a reserve here or even in the team itself but I think I value a national team more when they choose a younger rider over an older rider when it's relatively close to each other and I think when it comes to the Wolf and Gilbert I rate them relatively close to each other in general at the very moment perhaps I'm underrating a Gilbert in this later phase of his career but that's my 
consideration there. I think it's good to invest in the future and already settle these riders in a national team so that they can do so in the future as well, if the Wolf indeed keeps on being decent like he's been, although his this season has not been outrageously good either. I think he wrote to the Limousin, the race completely obliterated by Alex Aramburu, just wanted to mention that. Um, I don't know, he hasn't had an outrageously good season either, but he's been more the domestique type in the bigger races, so it's hard to say was he the rider that was influential that day? Sorry, what? Hasn't Stan the Wolf gotten full leadership? Who's he not in like a, Not in a Dauphiné, for example, or a Tour de France. In those stages, what, what role did he play there, for example? Was he essential on hilly stages for an O'Connor in that race? Like, I did not watch the Wolf closely for those races, so I can't tell you. Maybe the national team did, so I don't know. So... That's a factor to hold there, but I agree Dylan Turns on paper had a great selection of uh, preseason races at the start of the year, and based on that, he should 100% be in the team. I will say that Dylan Turns last year results, an Egmont cycling race, driving Cruzoveres, Britannic Classic, these results are not shouting, I, I should be selected for the Worlds either. So based on the form of the last three races, compared to the ones at the start of the year, the ones at the start of the year would 100% approve of his selection. The ones at the end of this year so far, not really. Does that mean he can't be informed by the time of Worlds? I don't know. It's difficult there, but it's there's something fishy about the story that you mentioned. As in, I think the story on Sportza, I think Dylan Turns said that he was disappointed. He was willing to work for Wout and Remco, just like you mentioned. He heard in May that he was pretty much sure of his selection. He also read a bit later on Sportza itself in his words. That's what he's saying that he was a certitude basically for uh, the World Championships. And then in the end, he's not being selected. And it feels from what I read through this that he wasn't really overly told that he wasn't selected until recently. And the explanation was simple according to what Dylan Turn says to Sporza. What I read in that Sporza article is that they said to him, you're not required for the leaders or you're... you're specific like skills are not required for the leaders and i disagree there like you said i also disagree with that aspect that you mentioned and that's a bummer but do you agree that his last few races were not the ones that were like whoa he should be in yeah okay i accept that if you have a, a proper puncher her in like i think stan the wolf like if he'd been cleaning up all these races himself, yeah. if Stan de Wolf had come second in Britannia Classic and third in Polynormal, sure, but he didn't. Like, So what are we talking about here? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know it turns has changed team. I don't know. This, I agree there's something fishy, something similar I think happened with Edward Turns last year. He wasn't happy with his non-selection as well in the Belgian team. I would say... Sven van Torenhout, I'm not sure he knows exactly. I'm not sure exactly he knows exactly what he's doing uh, with the with the parkour and with the team and how to put the right team together. Why is De Klerk not here? Is he is he sick? I don't know. I feel like De Klerk has had a lot of issues this year. I think we think back through to his heart issues at the start of the year and so forth. But yeah. I swear Denmark he wrote pretty strong at the front of the peloton. He was back doing that. I didn't notice too much about him in Britannia Classic, for example, but I don't know the specific reason that Tim Leclerc is not selected. Perhaps that the fact that he's been off when it comes to his health this entire season is the reason that 
he's not in the team now, but an informed cleric should 100% be in this team. I just don't know if he's completely informed, so I can't tell you that there. But I wanted to ask two more things to you. Remco Evenpool is riding the Velta right now. He's in the lead, three minutes ahead roughly on Roglic after stage 10. And there's 21 days of this. I think the 11th of September is the last day of this Velta. I think Worlds is not that far after. I think the time trial is the earliest race afterwards. I don't know how many days are between the last day of the Velta and the time trial, but I know it's probably less than a week or something. Really I know close. that it's in Australia and the Velta is in Spain. And based on my limited geography skills, that is not an adjacent country. So I think there's a lot of traveling in between, a lot of jet lag. So I'm guessing an extra travel day after the Velta, a day of completely being off your head because of the jet lag, recovering from that, reconning a bit afterwards. How good can Remco even be in this time trial? Because I spoke to a few riders and they were like, this time trial could be a bit of a write-off for some riders doing the Velta. And that's why I'm like, Remco Evenepoel in the time trial might have more issues than people expect. I mean, Ganner's maybe come down to earth a little bit this year. Van Aert's not doing the TT. He said he wants to focus on the road race. Uh, is Dennis doing the TT or not as well? Nope. He's not doing it. Uh, so I don't know if Hayter's going to now focus on it for GB. That could be... You know, I don't know how symptomatic he was as, as well, so that's a problem. But yeah, it's a bit of a patchy start list, and how even a pole fits into that after the travel, it definitely knocks you. And also, going that direction is the worst as well. Going from those time zones is really sucks. So, um, from no, is that right? Or going back in time, I think going that direction is the worst. Um, so yeah, I don't know, I have no idea how even a pole goes. Um, but it definitely has an impact and the guys not doing the well to have an advantage, how much that is probably significant. One, one last question on the Belgian team. Jasper Sturven, winner of Milano San Remo, on the side of Van Aert last year in the World Championships. He took Van Aert's side and the Remco v Van Aert thing. Do you think, because the team's, it's, it's still a good team, but do you think Jasper Sturvin thinks he is just there purely as a helper for Remco Evenepoel? Like, I feel like he sees himself as he's at Remco's level. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because the game plan is pretty obvious. Like, Remco, as I've already said, yeah. Remco goes, Van Aert sits in. Like, will Jasper Sturvin go full gas to set up a Remco attack on an early climb and then drop out completely? I don't know. I don't see that happening. I feel like... I don't think he believes he's on the Remco level, but I think he believes he's above the other domestiques and under Wout van Aert and Remco. And that means that he might still have a bit more freedom than other domestiques is what I would see. Perhaps Benoit dropping out of this selection because he got injured True. might lead to Steven being more domestique than he would have hoped for. Do you think that's the case or do you think that's not at all remotely the case? Because no, like, that's a good point. Because like Benoit, Benoit is like the crash. crazy decent climber. And yeah. do we think that they understacked it when it comes to climbers, as in Von Seven yes. on the uh, Von Wilder, for example, or yes. is that two quick steps entered then? I, th I think, well, no, I'd replace Siri with Van Seven on, 
um, oh, okay. is what I would do. I think Nathan is obviously top tier ruler, so you, yeah. you're covered there. Um, but yeah, I would replace Seri with Maori. Maori's good, been good at Deutschland tour. Okay, he's not got the best tactics riding for himself, but I think if you tell Maori, hey, slap this next climb for Remco, <laughs> I think he can do a pretty damn good yeah. job. Um, so yes, I think it's a little bit under understacked in terms of climbing and maybe underestimating how hard that climb is, particularly if France, like, what do you think France is going to do? You think they're going to walk around waiting for a sprint? Like, no, <laughs> like they're going to be sending it. So that's what I think is an issue with this team. It looks like the Leuven team, uh, Benoit out is huge. Benoit came what third at Amstel gold race, very like a similar race this year. Yes. Um, as well as, I'm missing it. Campanas, the lotto guys. Like Campanas sees himself as, you know, domestique. He's happy to be there and represent the country and do a good job as a domestique and do whatever needs to be done and sending a climb. Ben Hermans too. Ben Hermans in European champs last year was the last man for Avonapol on that hilly course, which people forget that he was quite good for Belgium there. He's been unwell with, I think, long COVID and three seven irons is a bit, he just refused to ride against Jala Philippe, I think, uh, by law. So, yes, I don't know. We'll see, Benji. We'll see. There could be some drama afterwards. I hope one of them wins. I hope one of Van Aert and uh, Remco wins. I um, I don't know. I don't know if oh, I'm Philippe's ready for that. looking scary, isn't he? He's t- it looks like he's timing his peak just right again. I think Pogacar wins. Truth, it's rainy and cold. Where did he come? He's doing the he's doing his build right. He goes Britannia Classic a hundredth. Next race, yeah. Quebec and Montreal. He'll come tenth. Worlds, <laughs> bang. No, like that's what he did for Lombardia, no. right? He was off the pace and then timed it, and then Lombardia won. Um, okay, Pogacar winning. Anyway, that's the Belgian team. Let us know what you think about it. The composition, armchair coaches or managers. Um, what game plans do you think they'll employ? Uh, do you think they'll um, – because I don't know. You could also say the game plan, like Sven will be like, hey, Remco, you have to ride for Van Aert for a sprint the whole, st- the whole race. I'm, I think Ilya Kaiser oh. will get on a fucking Etihad business pl- flight down to Wollongong and personally fight Sven Van <laughs> if he hears about that. So I don't know. It, it'll be It'll be good. Wells is shaping up well. But that's all from us today. Hope you enjoyed it. Go check out Zwift Academy if you haven't already, and we'll see you with a recap of maybe a sprint, maybe a break in the Vuelta tomorrow. Ciao.